Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. I've mentioned before that as a member of the Michigan State Bar, I get the Michigan Bar Journal, a magazine they put out still in magazine format, one of the last magazines I still see uh, in my house. And um, in the back is a section about attorney discipline. So there's something like 35 to 40,000 attorneys in the state of Michigan, and a few of them get in trouble every now and then. The Attorney Grievance Commission handles those. And when something happens, it gets published in the back of the Bar Journal. So the Bar Journal has got two sections I always check. One is the front in memoriam section, which is where they list attorneys who passed away. And occasionally I'll glance through there and see the name of somebody I knew. And in the back is where you don't want to be. And that is, of course, the discipline section. So Ed has sent me a note prefaced by the subject line. People say, Steve, read my submission. (laughs) So I read his submission because people say, Steve, check this story out. Four Palm Beach County attorneys among 15 disciplined by the Florida Supreme Court. And I think this is interesting, if for no other reason, just to see the kinds of things, unfortunately, that attorneys do. Now, there's bad people in every profession. There's bad accountants. There's bad cops, probably one or two. Uh, There's probably bad plumbers out there. There might even be evil electricians. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not saying they're all evil, but I'm saying I'll bet you anything there's some evil electrician out there, like a super villain who somehow uses his electrical knowledge to thwart <laughs> the powers of justice. But the Palm Beach Post points out that the Florida Supreme Court recently disciplined a whole bunch of attorneys, disbarred a few, revoked the licenses of a few, and suspended a whole bunch, and then publicly reprimanded two. So here's the thing. These attorneys, it's just a cross-section from across the state. So this very well could be any state. I'm not picking on Florida here, except that I saw the article after Ed said, people say, Steve, read my submission. And so keep in mind a couple things. And one of them is that these disciplinary actions run the whole range, where a public reprimand is literally, they just say, you screwed up, don't do it again. And it gets published in places like this or in the Bar Journal in Michigan, and the other attorneys see it and go, glad that's not me. But to have your law license yanked permanently, i.e. being disbarred, or having it revoked, you might say, Steve, what's the difference? Revocation often means that they're taking it now, but you could get it back. But uh, disbarred lawyers may not reapply for admission for at least five years. And that would require them to do another background check and to retake the bar exam. And uh, I took the bar exam one time and I passed it. I have no desire to take it again. And uh, attorneys suspended for 91 days and longer must undergo a process to regain their licenses, including proving a rehabilitation. You've got to prove that what I did before won't do it again because I got better. So, for instance, here's a guy uh, had a disciplinary revocation. He was admitted to practice in just 2015. And he tendered a petition for disciplinary revocation based on allegations of engaging in a pattern of neglect and failure to communicate with his clients. He also failed to appear at numerous hearings and failed to respond to court orders to show cause in cases across Florida. So the guy just wasn't showing up in court. And you know what's weird is I've seen attorneys show up in court who weren't prepared, but at least they were there. I've also seen a case where I'm sitting in court with a whole bunch of other parties waiting for stuff to get called, and the court go and they'll call a case, you know, Johnson versus Smith, And one guy stands up and because I'm an attorney for Johnson, but the attorney for Smith's not here. Okay, we'll pass it. We'll come back to it. They pass it and come back, pass it and come back. And at the the end of the call, it's like the other guy never showed up. 
And a lot of times, you know, they go, okay, could, you, could, you, could somebody go call that guy's office? They come back, they go, yeah, we called, didn't get an answer. Left a message, whatever. And so you got to show up. So now the next person here is a woman admitted to practice in 1984, was permanently disbarred for her pattern of engaging in improper delay tactics. So they're actually going and saying, look, you're dragging your feet on stuff and causing problems with litigation on purpose. And now you may say, Steve, attorneys do it all the time. Well, the rules often have mechanisms in there for things to be delayed, and so it might be that it's a legitimate request for delay, but they see it happening over and over and over again with one person. So they also said that um, there are tactics that were reckless. She apparently engaged in uh, language and commentary impugning and disparaging about the judiciary and engaging in conduct contrary to honesty and justice that was prejudicial to the administration of justice. And they said that the misconduct continued throughout the proceedings. So these proceedings can take some time. Somebody files a complaint against you. It might be a couple of years before they're done with figuring this out. And so most people you would think when served with a notice saying you're being investigated for this kind of behavior that you'd stop. And the fact that you didn't stop indicates you might have a problem that you cannot stop. Uh, Here's the guy disbarred effective immediately, but he was already suspended. He was admitted to practice in 2004. He failed to comply with the terms and conditions set forth in a report and consent judgment previously approved by the court. So the Supreme Court of Florida said, dude, you screwed up. We're going to uh, suspend you. And uh, let you do what you can here to get your life together. But you got to do the following things, which he didn't do. And, you know, I've had clients before where we're in court and the judge goes, I'm going to go easy on your client, Mr. Leto. See, the courts address me as Mr. Leto. Viewers address me as Steve. But <laughs> I digress. And we'll walk out in the hallway And I'll say, the judge went easy on you, but you need to do these things. And I always emphasize, you need to do these things. Because quite often, if you don't, the judge can yank that deal and give you what you could have gotten, much worse, often throw you in jail. And so I've had clients tell me, absolutely, I'll do these, and they go out and do it. And I've had a couple clients where I was so worried about it, I'd say, would you please call me when you've completed this and you completed this and you completed this and I make a note on my calendar and if they haven't called me I call them and now if I wanted to I could just say no this is your this is on you you take care of it and and I hope you get it right but I'll be honest with you that if we get dragged back into court and by we I mean me and them because I'm their attorney and I'm standing next to my client who didn't complete something ordered by the court I feel stupid and now I didn't do anything wrong. My client is the one who failed to do it. But I know the judge is looking at me going like, and he's thinking this, he's thinking this, he's thinking, Steve. <laughs> People think, Steve, your client screwed up. Why didn't you prevent that from happening? It's only so much I can do. Uh, another guy here, disciplinary revocation with leave to apply for readmission, was admitted to practice in 08. But he was criminally charged with making false and fraudulent misrepresentations in a Paycheck Protection Program loan application. So a lot of people out there were scamming the system. And 
It turns out there's still a criminal case pending here, so we don't know if he did or not. But the point is, if the regular person did it and got caught, they'd get in trouble. If an attorney did it and got caught, they'd get in trouble with the law and with the state bar. Here's the guy suspended until further order. who was admitted to practice in 1982. Where were you in 1982? He failed to respond to a complaint. They filed a petition, and uh, he failed to file a response to those things. And so he's held in contempt and suspended until he fully responded in writing, and they're waiting for that apparently. And I've mentioned before, if someone sues you, contact an attorney and at least respond. Failing to respond pretty much guarantees that the worst thing that can happen will happen. So when an attorney fails to respond when defending himself, it's either they are so screwed up they shouldn't be representing anybody, not even themselves, but also that what they're accused of doing is probably just the tip of the iceberg. Here's a guy getting a public reprimand and ordered to attend a professionalism workshop and a board certification review is admitted in 08, and he represented a client in a criminal matter. Now, the client was under pretrial supervision and monitored by an ankle bracelet. During the representation, he met with the client with the permission of pretrial services, but made stops during the meeting that were not specifically authorized. When questioned by the court about that, he could not give sufficient or clear responses as to the stops or as to whether or not those stops were permissible. So apparently his client had an ankle bracelet on, it was over here. He had the permission to go pick this person up and bring them here and then bring them back. And they're saying the monitor shows them making stops along the way. And uh, that would not be a good thing, depending on where you're stopping. Uh, here's a guy disbarred effective immediately. He was already suspended and he failed to comply with the terms and conditions set forth in the report previously approved by the Supreme Court. And so that is just a slice of the things that are out there. And it's very sad because, as you might imagine, to become a lawyer, you've got to go and get an undergraduate degree, take a law school admission test, get admitted to law school, get through law school and pass all your classes and graduate. And then once you've got the JD, which is what you get when you graduate, it's two more initials you can put after your name if you want to, but most people don't. Uh, you got that JD. Then you apply to the bar for admission. They do a background check on you. They fingerprint you. And then you take the exam. And if you pass the exam and you pass the background check and you've done everything else, then you can become admitted to the bar. And you're sworn at the bar. You're now a member of the bar. You get to do certain things that non-lawyers theoretically cannot do. So once you've gone and done all that work, and you find yourself in a situation where the Supreme Court of the state you're in has told you, you must do the following things or we're going to take away your law license. And you don't do them. Not only do you have no one to blame but yourself, but you got to look at that person and go, wait, what? Because the thing I described to you in the 30 seconds of get a law degree and get the BA or BS and then you know pass the bar and background checks... I collapsed that into 60 seconds of talking. But in most people's lives, well, undergrad takes about four. Law school takes about three. Passing the bar and all that might tack on close to another year at the other end. Think eight years of your life. 
And more importantly these days, think about a mountain of student debt that will be crushing you for quite some time. Now, some of these people have been practicing since the 1980s. Uh, I was admitted to practice law in the state of Michigan in 1991. So I've been doing this now for, I don't know, a few years. I could, I could, I could do the math, but I'm a busy man. But um, <laughs> when your law license is in jeopardy, you think you'd try a little harder than some of these people did. So that's the sad part. But again, I don't know how many uh, Floridian lawyers there are. In Michigan, the number is between 35 and 40,000. So obviously in any sample size of that magnitude, there's going to be a few bad apples in there. And this is just a bunch of bad apples out of Florida. So stories from the Palm Beach Post. Ed Senate, thanks a lot. Uh, Palm Beach County attorneys among 15 disciplined in this recent batch by the Florida Supreme Court. Questions or comments, put them below. Let's talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. If you don't change your direction, you may end up where you were headed.